Welcome back to Cloud Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by Engage for Good and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com and selfishgiving.com. Now, on to today's episode. Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another exciting episode of Cause Talk Radio. On the line with me, of course, is Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hey, hey. Our audience pretty much knows that we have made millions and millions of dollars from this show. (laughs) It's true. But we need to invest this money responsibly, don't we? How would we do that, Joe? I know. Well, that's what we're solving today. On the line with us today is Andre Cherney, and he is CEO and co-founder of Aspiration, and this is a financial firm. It's kind of like our show. It's a conscience. They have a conscience there, and they help investors make money and make a difference. And Megan, what's really interesting and something that we haven't done is they've actually launched an app, the Aspiration Impact Measurement, called AIM for short, that lets investors see the impact they're making on people and the planet with their everyday shopping and spending. Welcome to the show, Andre. So cool. Thanks for having me. Andre, where should we put our millions that we made from the show? I mean, we're practically, we're, <laughs> well, it, it probably not, we're not millionaires, but we're more like hundred years, you know? So uh, it's, a start. yeah, it's a good place to start. <laughs> you, you have to have hundreds before you can have millions. That's right. Uh, that's right. And we want to invest this in, in a socially responsible way, you know? So it sounds like that. What you that's what you folks uh, are all about. Could you stop by telling us a little bit about uh, Aspiration, the background, and how you folks got started? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as you said, we, we consider Aspiration a, a financial firm with a conscience, uh, offering banking products uh, as well as investing products uh, that, uh, as we like to think, help people both make money and, and make a difference at the same time. And, and you know, we really started from this point of, of understanding that uh, there just isn't a financial firm out there that people really feel they can trust and one they feel shares their values and that uh, understands that people certainly uh, want to and need to have better financial options, uh, but they also care about the world around them and they shouldn't have to choose between between the two. And so our, our core product is our Aspiration Bank account. Uh, we offer sustainable investment funds at low minimums, as little as $100. So even people who are hundredaires uh, can start investing that is not only <laughs> going to help make the world a better place, but is also going to have really great returns uh, that are uh, in, in line with the market or, or better. Uh, everything we do is pay what is fair. Customer decides what to pay us. If they want to pay us zero, they can pay us zero, get treated the same as any other customer. It's really up to us to earn uh, that fee. And then we take 10% of what we make as a company and apply it towards charitable giving. Uh, making us, uh, in many ways, the most uh, charitable financial firm out there. Uh, Andre, one of the things I think is so interesting about Aspiration, you know, you think of socially responsible investing as like, kind of like what sustainable products, like cleaning products used to be like, oh, we totally believe in them, except they don't work at all. And so you make a differentiation between socially responsible investing, which is like cutting out the bad things, you know, taking off the tobacco companies and the oil companies from your portfolio, and impact investing, which is doing good. So can you talk a little bit about the differentiation you make there? Yeah, I, I think there's there's these different uh, tiers of things, and and you're right. Historically, uh, 
socially responsible investing has been just stripping out things like tobacco or, or even oil. And, and sometimes you've paid for it with returns. Um, impact investing has, has also then come, come around, which is more about how do you make the world a better place? I, I think the real power is comes when you can marry yeah, great name. Uh, making the world a better place with really great returns. And we, we like to call that high road investing uh, or sustainable investing. But it's really investing in companies uh, whose environmental practices, who employee practices, diversity governance is actually likely to make them more profitable and more valuable over time. You know, when a company is going to change its light bulbs to be more energy efficient, it maybe has a short term hit to its profitability, but it's going to be uh, creating a lot of energy savings over the next years and decades to come. Uh, and so we want to be looking at those kinds of companies, uh, you know, similar to when a company is going to be investing more in diversity or investing in, in higher uh, employee benefits, uh, more a more equal workforce. Uh, again, those things cost some money in the short term. But that's going to be a more productive, more innovative company uh, over the long run. Those make good investment uh, options for people. And, and we've seen with our Aspiration Redwood Fund, which is our, our main uh, in investment fund, that not only have we uh, been able to see something that's fossil fuel free and firearm free, but also has this more positive approach. Uh, but it's also been a fund that has uh, beaten the performance of the S&P 500. So you're getting better returns uh, thus far than if you had invested in the stock market overall. Yeah, no, that's fantastic on something like that. I mean, which is so important because, you know, and I imagine you get this some t sometimes too, Andre. I mean, as a guy who writes a blog called Selfish Giving, some people are kind of like, well, why don't we just give? Like, what is wrong with just donating? And in a lot of instances, what I say is there's nothing wrong with just donating. We should do that. But, you know, cause is a continuum and there's lots of different ways to give back. And sometimes when we incentivize people to give, it can be more powerful and motivating for people. Is that what you often tell people? I mean, I'm sure you get it too, Andre. People are like, well, gee, why can't we just give? Why do we have to find a way for people to make money off something like this? It's both. You know, I'd say uh, we're when we say we're a financial firm with a conscience, uh, certainly it's about making the world a better place. But, you know, for us, that really starts with helping our customers make their lives better. Uh, so much of the financial industry, when it comes to banking products, when it comes to investing products, uh, is either very much skewed towards bringing only good options to very wealthy people or, or even oftentimes with high fees and, and, and poor products, uh, really oftentimes really preying on, on everyday Americans. Uh, so financial firm with a conscience, yes, we want to, be good towards the environment. Yes, we want to be uh, helping people spend more consciously, but it starts with giving them a great product for themselves, better than what they're getting from the financial industry. You know, our our, our bank account offers up to one percent interest on a checking account, no monthly fees, no ATM fees at any ATM in the world. Uh, that to us is where conscience starts, and and so you shouldn't have a between the two. Uh, really, if if you're being pro-consumer, you want to be uh, helping them both do good, but also do well for themselves. 
Right, right. And, and Megan, what I love about this, too, is as we've talked to many, uh, you know, um, you know, social firms in the past about this is that you have to lead first with an outstanding product with people. If if people do not buy into the product, it's very difficult for them to convince themselves to do it just because it supports a cause. Absolutely. One one of the things, Andre, that's so unique about your checking account, like a new feature that I don't know when you rolled this out, but you have a personal sustainability score for your banking customers. Can you talk a little bit about that? That really piqued my interest when I heard it. it. It's really it's something we're really excited about, and it's called the Aspiration Impact Measurement, or we call it AIM for short. Uh, and as you said, really, this is the first time that people are able to see their own personal sustainability score. Uh, we all have a sense of how we're doing. Uh, we all wa- want to shop at uh, stores that are uh, good towards the environment. We all want to be thinking about the ethics of the companies where we're doing business. Uh, but it's hard to know exactly how we are doing uh, until AIM came along to really say that we're going to let people see on a day-to-day basis based on where they're shopping and spending what their score looks like. And, and that score is built on a, a people score and a planet score. And so for the vast majority of the places where people are shopping, we're able to give a people and planet score to, to that business. And so you can see how that business uh, treats its workers. You can see how that business uh, acts towards uh, reducing greenhouse gases or using renewable energy. And, uh, and very importantly, you can also see uh, what the scores are of other businesses that are uh, similar. So, for instance, if I'm uh, at a street corner and I want to uh, go to uh, a pharmacy and buy something, and, and there's a, a CVS and a and a Rite Aid and a and a Dwayne Reed uh, and a Walgreens, I can say, well, I'm actually going to be able to pick between these various businesses uh, based on which one is better for people, which one's better for the planet. If if I'm uh, going to go uh, eat lunch and I'm deciding between McDonald's and Burger King and Taco Bell and KFC. Uh, I can actually make a decision based not just on cost and, and quality and convenience, but on conscience as well. And uh, and we think that's enormously powerful, something that really can, as more and more people are using it uh, through their Aspiration bank account and, and using it through their Aspiration debit card, not only incentivizes people to do better, but helps them make more informed spending decisions when it comes to uh employees and the environment and, and the really the factors that people really care about. It's interesting with this, Andre, in, in the sense that um, I was thinking about this this morning because I was at Starbucks and I was getting ready for the show and stuff like that. And then I'm like, oh, man, here I am. I'm blowing my sustainability score today. Because <laughs> I'm drinking out of a paper cup. I mean, you know, I just felt oh, yeah. I felt really awkward at that moment. Andre, what, <laughs> what kind of, you go to Starbucks so much, I, you should definitely know, bring you your know, own you, cup. You, you, see, but the mobile system now, it just doesn't make it easy <laughs> because <laughs> like there, you know, it's complicated, you know, but what type of factors go into this rating? Well, so we look at, um, as I said, people scores, planet scores, people scores consist of factors such as, uh, rates of employee pay, uh, employee pay to CEO pay. Uh, benefit levels, the quality of benefits along lines of diversity and gender and, and orientation. Um, and, and then on the planet side, it is things like greenhouse gas emissions and renewable energy use. And, and the important thing to consider is we're trying to compare apples to apples. Uh, so actually, Starbucks does really well 
Uh, now, is it better for you to bring your own uh, coffee mug? <laughs> Certainly. But if you're comparing it to other coffee places that are similar, if you're comparing Starbucks to, let's say, Pete's or Seattle's Best Coffee or you know any of these uh, Dunkin' Donuts even uh, for folks like you who are in, in the Boston area, Joe, um, mm-hmm. when you're comparing those kinds of things to one another, uh, you're able to say, okay, in the universe of these uh, different choices, how do these different uh different businesses stack up against one another. Uh, and so we're not, if you're mm. thinking about where to stay for the night, we're not uh, comparing Motel 6 to the Four Seasons. Uh, we're comparing, uh, again, different businesses in their similar category. And so we'll have budget hotels and mid-level hotels and more high-end hotels and, and, and similar with, with food and, and, and other categories as well. So you can really say, okay, among the choices I have, uh, who are the industry leaders? Uh, in that space and make a decision on that kind of uh, approach. Do you find it challenging, though, to kind of classify one business against another? I mean, because I think it would be almost impossible to very objectively classify every single thing that company is doing. And whatever you're classifying, they're going to look at and be like, oh, well, you didn't talk about our blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, And especially as it relates to like smaller businesses who may not have I don't know exactly what you're what you're judging on if you're looking at sustainability reports or things like that, but doesn't that get tricky? It does. It's certainly tricky. It's it's a big challenge on on just the data side, and so you know we've had to make some uh, continuing decisions on what are the factors we're looking at and what are the uh, sources of data that we can get, uh, and, and we make the best judgment we can based on uh, what data is out there, and and frankly also. Uh, which businesses are actually publishing data on their sustainable right. practices? Because um, you know sometimes a, a businesses won't do that, and and they'll get somewhat penalized in the score. And uh, you know our our response when a, a business comes to us and says, "Well, we think we should have a higher score," is uh, that's great. Show us the show us the data, either what's right. what we're not seeing or what's not out there. Uh, the more information we have, the better decision. Uh, we can make and, and the and the more information we can provide to our customers. And so part of what we do with our customers is is if you're an aspiration customer and there's a business that you want to shop at that isn't getting a score because they're not releasing enough data, you can actually tweet at them through your aspiration app saying you are a customer. That's good. Uh, and, and you're and asking them to release more of that data so that they can get a score. And then that's for awesome. local businesses, that's of course a challenge as well because they're they're not uh, covered in some of these bigger reports that uh, cover more publicly traded companies. And so for those businesses, we want those businesses to be able to compete as well. Uh, and so that local mm-hmm. coffee shop can compete with Starbucks and, and they can show how they are better on on these dimensions. Uh, and so if you go to aspiration.com slash aim, um, there's a space for local businesses to be able to uh, request a score for themselves and they can self-report their data so that they get an AIM score as well. So, I mean, you know what I love about it is it's kind of like, a, you know, another version of Yelp, right? You know, in the sense like when Yelp first came out, people were like, oh, well, you know, why would you have something like that? No one uses it. No one goes there. And of course, a lot of us use uh, Yelp and other types of apps uh, to look at what's around us. I mean, wouldn't it become if it became an app like that where people were like, hey, we got to check out our AIM score today, see where we're at. Absolutely. I think we're seeing some of that already. And so uh, we're seeing Aspiration customers who are uh, really using their Aspiration debit card, uh, again, getting not only a great bank account, but able to get this information as well. And they're 
And they're presenting bottom-up pressure to these different businesses to uh, start reporting their data so that people can make an informed decision. Hey, Andre, uh, is charitable giving one of the factors that you consider in a company? It's something we look at. It's not a, uh, I'd say it's not one of the major factors. We really want to see what these companies are doing day in and day out. You know, so often you see these companies, uh, unfortunately, who are maybe not treating their workers well or not great for the environment. And then we'll, we'll do charitable giving as, as kind of a, a get out of jail free card, so to speak, or to, uh, maybe greenwash, uh, some of, uh, what they're, what they're really all about. And so we want to look really deeper at what is the core business of, of these, uh, companies and how are they acting on a day to day basis? Uh, and, and so charitable giving is something we should, we'll, we'll look at as well, but it's, it's, uh, we want to get uh, really a step layer than some of those more uh, corporate social responsibility uh, pieces that are oftentimes just a bolt-on to uh, to the way this company does business. So you're more looking at operations then? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So things on the environmental side, things on the employee side, uh, and, and, and how they treat their customers. One of the big questions I have for you, so this tool right now is only available to Aspiration customers. Is this something you can foresee allowing others to use that aren't quite customers yet? Something perhaps down the road, uh, something we we can consider. Uh, You know, for now, we really want to make it something special for Aspiration customers uh, because, of course, with our pay what is fair approach, part of what that does is it it drives us to really want to deliver for these customers. Uh, who are deciding on a daily basis whether we deserve to be paid as a company or not. And and so that means we really want to awe and wow and delight our customers every single day and offer them something really special. You know, Andre, one of the things I was curious about is how challenging is it to convince people to leave their mainstream investment firms and, and partner with a startup organization like yours. I mean, it, it would seem to me like of all the things that people think about changing, that changing one's brokerage house is a little bit, it kind of gives you pause, right? You know, you think to yourself like, oh, geez, I put a lot of work into putting this, this all together. Do I want to switch to someone else? Um, have you found that? What type of response are you getting from people on that? Yeah, for most people, we're less of a brokerage or investment house and more of their day-to-day bank. Um, ah, very good. So, uh, you know, certainly there's challenges with switching your bank as well. Um, but we see a lot of people who are just really uh, fed up with their bank, <laughs> you know, who are getting hit with yeah, these no. ridiculous <laughs> fees, who are getting paid zero or just about zero in interest uh, for their money, uh, and, and who are looking at their own deposits at really any of the major banks out there being used to fund things like the Dakota Pipeline or the Keystone Pipeline mm-hmm. or, or numerous other uh, similar projects, and they're saying that's not where I want what what I want my money doing, uh, and I deserve better for my own bottom line and and for the bottom line of the things I care about, uh, and so they're moving their bank account from a Wells Fargo or Bank America or or any of these other places and, and coming to Aspiration, uh, and then oftentimes they'll say, okay, I, I actually want to start investing and investing the right way as well, uh, and so they'll look at our uh, our socially responsible, our sustainable investment fund. And so on, and say I'm gonna I'm gonna move my money uh, from wh- wherever it's sitting now into one of these kinds of approaches because again, not only will I potentially be getting significantly higher returns, but also uh, have my money in line with my values. Uh, what feedback have you gotten from consumers about this sustainability score? Are they 
more self-conscious? Are they ignoring it? Are they using it to make the decision on the corner when they're trying to choose a pharmacy like you were explaining earlier? Yeah, we're really seeing people are factoring it into their daily decisions. Um, you know, it certainly doesn't mean that you're always going to go to the highest rated spot, but it at least gives you that information to know what the trade-offs are. Uh, maybe there's going to be some place that's a block closer and you don't want to have to walk the extra block. And so uh, you'll say, okay, I'm willing to sacrifice, but at least you have that information. Yeah, I, I see it a little similar to, uh, and the way that customers talk about it is similar to uh, what's happened with calorie counts on menus. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe sometimes mm. you'll still go for the hamburger uh, because that's the mood you feel in, or maybe uh, the the salad is more expensive, and so you'll still go for something else, or or maybe you'll actually find out that the salad is actually worse for you than the hamburger because it has all the cheese and croutons <laughs> yeah, in it right. and the salad dressing. <laughs> but at least now yeah. you know, and you can make that decision yeah. from an informed perspective. And I think that's the same way people are using AIM. It it is a little bit of a of a goad of saying, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get the best score I can. And, mm-hmm. and have the, uh, and be empowered to know how I'm going to get there. You should have a competition among your, or your consumers. Joe would lose with his Starbucks <laughs> cup, but. Star, like I said, Starbucks does pretty well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Lay, okay. So lay, Joe, you're going to be okay because you go to Starbucks every that's day. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you should do a competition though. Like the most sustainable aspiration customer. Yeah. That's that's right. Right. yeah we'll, we, it's probably you though, right? <laughs> You know, because that's what I think, too. Like, things like this, though, Andre, I think in the beginning, they're almost like curiosity pieces to people, right? You know, because they're out there and they're like, oh, I wonder how this store rates or I wonder how this hotel rates. But we all know, too, after after you start looking at this stuff over time, it starts really sinking in, you know, and you start thinking to yourself, like, gee, I could be doing something better. You know what I mean? In terms of like, and you know, going back to like even the calorie thing, like in a lot of ways, I think putting calories on menus has been really helpful because over time it does make me really think like, gee, that's a lot of calories and maybe I shouldn't be getting that. I should be getting something else. And I see it with something like this too, is over time I could see myself either switching or actually addressing to the store owner or the company owner and saying, hey, do you realize you're doing X, Y, and Z? And this is what it makes difficult for me to do business Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Look, it's, uh, you know, Americans spend $36 billion a day uh, as consumers. Wow. Uh, at $36 billion is a lot of individual spending decisions. And it's a lot of power. You know, as much as we can maybe wring our hands about some of what's going on in Washington, D.C., and, and say we wish government was doing this or that. Uh, you know, that's one important lever of power. But we as individuals have enormous power about our daily spending decisions and our daily investing decisions. And when we put that power to use and companies have to compete with one another on that basis, uh, that is a huge lever for change. Well, I think the huge part about what you're offering, Andre, is just the fact that you're providing that data because, I mean, I don't have access to that data. You know, if I'm going to go to CVS or Walgreens, I have no idea which one is better on an operational level. So what you're doing is, you know, providing an equal data set to your customers 
who can then make their own decisions. Like you said, like maybe it's not going to work out for them, but at least they at least they have that information. And to date, as far as I know, Joe, I'm sure you too, like that doesn't exist. So that's why I think this is so valuable. Yeah, right. right. And I think I think as technology grows, too, and I mean, we see the opportunities there with like beacon technology and stores and stuff like that. I could see us on a store by store basis where our phone is flagging us saying like there's a better option than this store. And even when you're within that store, there's a better option of what you're thinking of buying. I think that's where we want to get to. And I think uh, that that future is not so far off. That's right. Every so, you know, we'll be on our phones and a picture of Andre will come up. And they'll be like, all right, Andre. All right, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I, have a face, I have a face made for podcasts. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we can appreciate that. That's awesome. Andre, well, maybe last question. Where do you see this tool headed in terms of uh, what you're able to do and put behind it? Because, you know, you're a startup. You've got a million things happening. Where do you see this? Where do you see AIM headed in the future? I think it's really part of the aspiration experience. Uh, you know, we see people coming to Aspiration, uh, as I mentioned before, not just for one particular product for a bank account or investment account, but really because they want to spend and save and invest in a way that not only creates value for themselves, but is in line with their own values. And as we go forward as a company, we're creating a lot more different kinds of products, uh, a lot more different uh, ways for people to be able to not only get best in class financial uh, outcomes better than really anywhere else they can go, but also to do ones to, to have uh, outcomes that are going to be in line with who they are and where their heart is. And, and if you can match those two things up, uh, I think it creates a really powerful movement to change the way that, uh, uh, that people all across America do business. Well, Andre, thank you so, so much for joining us on Cause Talk Radio to talk a little bit more about Aspiration. If people want to find you online or Aspiration, how might they do that? Uh, really simple, aspiration.com. Uh, come check us out, learn more about our banking products, investing and retirement and so on. Uh, you can, of course, download the Aspiration app, uh, either for iOS or, or Android and sign up. Uh, through there as well. Follow Aspiration on Twitter at, at Aspiration uh, and, and really welcome people's feedback and, and hope they'll be not only part of the company that we're uh, creating, but part of the, the movement that we're, uh, that we're all, all of us, uh, so understanding uh, and, and, and one that we're really all committed to. Excellent. We'll include those links in the show notes. Joe, where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me minute to minute on Twitter at Joe Waters. Make sure to visit SelfishGiving.com. Sign up for my newsletter. It goes out every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. And check out all those cause-related pins that I have on Pinterest at Pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for Engage for Good at Engage for Good, which is also where you can find show notes for today's episode, EngageForGood.com, as well as Selfish giving.com. And while you're online, please do subscribe to Cause Talk Radio and Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And on behalf of Andre and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio. And we'll talk to you next time. 